Hello, and welcome to the Cult is King podcast. I am your host, Rambling Bones, joined as ever by my co-host, the Duke. Salutations! And, Duke, what is it that we do here? So here we review cult movies. Basically everything from movies that were just hilariously bad to movies that were good and didn't catch on in their time uh, and have a following now to, I don't know, that weird thing we saw on TV once and wanted to tell you about. Yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up, and... This time around, we have a major cult classic, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. No, there's a, there's no doubting the cult status of this one. Uh, it, it's a real winner. It's been on my mind, so I've wanted to talk about it. So here is the brief plot synopsis. This movie is not very heavy on the plot, but you have your main characters, Mike and Debbie. They are... I guess they're like college students, and they see a shooting star land nearby. And of course, it's not a shooting star, but a giant circus tent that is full of killer clowns from outer space. And that is the plot. Um, The clowns, I guess, it's not really explicitly stated what they want on the planet, other than that they at least drink the blood, maybe the... uh, internal fluids of people so i saw this film a long time ago and i fell in love within the first 10 minutes when i saw a clown cocoon a man in cotton candy and then later drink his blood out of the cotton candy cocoon with a huge twisty straw that's the kind of movie you're dealing with Uh, apart from you know debbie and mike you have dave who is a police officer and he's I guess your your third rung of the unrealized love triangle, and you have Officer Mooney, who is this tough authoritarian cop who hates teenagers, or I guess college kids in this instance. Easily the best part of the movie. Easily the best part of the movie, apart from the clowns. And then I guess there's like the Terenzi brothers, and... They're kind of just there. They they drive around in their ice cream truck trying to make money and get chicks, which is not going well for them. It's not going well. And a different movie, they would be the comic relief. Uh, the issue here is that <laughs> I'm not sure this movie needed comic relief. The best part of this movie is is pretty much the, the clowns and then the scenes with Officer Mooney. This... Every time I've watched it, the first 10 minutes are always the roughest, like prior to when, before the clowns show up and start doing clown things, the the acting is pretty not fantastic. Honestly, it didn't bother me that much, but it almost seems like, it's almost like a parody of like a 50s invasion movie, but they're playing it completely straight. Uh, but I, I'd agree that the acting here, unless you're Officer Mooney, isn't necessarily stellar, but it's not about that. And even if it's slow until the, you know, when the clowns aren't around, the clowns are around the vast majority of the time. In fact, I mean, after that first, if it's even 10 minutes, the clowns have already showed up. The the clowns are the stars of the film, and they are, I mean, it, it delivers on the premise. No, uh, in fact, this is my favorite, I don't know, scary clown movie Partly because it strikes a good balance of, I mean, look, if you're scared of clowns, then you're not going to enjoy this movie, or maybe you will if you're trying to get scared, because, I mean, these clowns are creepy. They're also funny. 
It's like they're actually supposed to be clowns. Every, everything is clown-themed. Uh, there is, early on, you know, Debbie and Mike, they enter the big tent spaceship, and then when they get discovered, they're trying to run away, and the clowns shoot at them with a popcorn gun. But after that, probably one of my favorite parts of the entire movie is one of the clowns make a balloon animal dog that serves as a bloodhound to hunt them down. <laughs> yes, you see the little balloon head look like look down at the ground, like sniff it, howl, and then they chase they're running with this little balloon dog through the woods. It's great. And then I didn't even I guess I had never noticed it prior to this watching, but you know, Mike and Debbie get in their car and they back into the dog and it makes like horrible yelping noises. <laughs> It's just a flattened piece of rubber. And then, you know, later, a lot of their, like, they've got these ray guns that either put you in these cotton candy cocoons or, I guess, put you in these balloons. But some of them have ray guns with little puppets attached because there's a, a scene where some random bozo on a gazebo, like, stumbles upon... A this, little puppet show. A little puppet show that is, of course, being put on by one of the clowns. That was that was a case of a. Uh, it's a funny scene, but the human actor. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> just some guy saunters up, stares, just all by himself watching this puppet show. I, I, I don't know. It. Are you telling me, Bones, that if you just saw a random puppet show, you wouldn't stop to watch it? <sighs> I don't know what, I mean, I guess maybe my lack of knowing how I would react is exactly why his reaction is absolutely perfect. Right? I think it actually says a lot. Of... You were about to say a lot about society. Yeah, and I stopped myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Every time I see that scene, it I'm just never quite sure how I feel about it. I don't know. With this movie, it's kind of you just turn off your brain and go along for the ride. And if you're willing to go along for the ride, boy, does it go places. Yeah. One thing I also appreciate about it is it's, you know, it's very obviously not a super mega high budget. It's it's camp. It's silly. But the effects are pretty good. Yeah, especially when they're like in the fun house or earlier on when they're in the carnival, the or not the carnival, I should say, but the big circus tent that serves as their spaceship. Uh, they do a good job of like the theming, but it's also kind of like just creepy and very bizarre looking. They take they use like the darkness to their effect. So, I mean, it's funny at one point they're going through like this dark tunnel with, like, archways that move and everything super colorful, but there's also, like, just this ominous smoke or, you know, fog going through it, and then there's just random balloons everywhere. Like, there's no way this wasn't fun to set up. There's also a lot of use of, uh, like, painted backgrounds that just look pretty nice. And a couple scenes they use little bits of animation to add life to, the, like, the painted backgrounds. Like, early on when they enter the big top tent, they, I guess enter the power room there's pretty much a giant like plasma orb in the the center but the room is just one big you know painted background uh with a little bit of lightning animation going on and it it it's looks pretty, pretty good 
No, I thought, I think most things do. And I gotta say too, there's a lot of love put into how things are filmed. Just like, I, I don't know. I just, I remember when I watching each scene, I'm like, wow, that was well put together. Like even the one, I like this one where uh, three clowns show up to somebody's house uh, who, uh, and they're like pizza and they go. And then like uh, the top pizza box opens and the little clown pops out and zaps him. But the way it's done, it just, I don't know. It looked really good. Yeah. The clowns. There are, I don't know how many distinct designs, but there's sort of a uh, a uniformity to them, but there's also distinct characters amongst the clowns that you can pick, you can pick them out from each other. But they also, their faces are animatronic, or at least masked with uh, special mechanisms, spe- special mechanisms in them to make them move, and... There's a couple scenes where, uh, you know, Clown gives a evil laugh, and it looks really, really good for just being, you know, a latex suit that was, I believe, made in the creator's uh, garage. In fact, this is a Chiodo Brothers film. Uh, the Chiodo Brothers are mostly a special effects company. Which was what was interesting about this one, because despite the fact that there are parts of them that they did a lot of, for the most part, they let other people take care of a lot of the special effects so they could focus on directing, writing, producing. Very much their baby. Uh, apart from this movie, they did the effects on Critters, a uh, movie called Screamers. They were, uh, this made me laugh, they were puppeteers on Team America World Police and also did, I believe it was, character design for the stop motion animation on elf and the thing is is they're still at it i didn't see what their most recent thing is but i was just scrolling through their uh, filmography and stuff and i mean they have a lot of recent credits too one thing is i don't know if they'll ever do it but for the longest time there's been talks of i think they've always wanted to do a sequel to this uh, I don't know if one will ever get made, but it's definitely something they've thought about. Yeah, they've been wanting. I've been. I mean, I've been hearing that they've been trying to do that since high school, and it it sounds like it's just been in development hell for ever. And I know sci-fi has flirted with the idea, and I think Netflix has also flirted with it. But I, I don't know if it'll ever happen. And I'm kind of not sure if I really want to see a sequel or a series. I don't know what you think about that, Duke. I'd be willing to give it a shot, but for the most part, there's nothing here that they really left undone. Like, just about every hilarious thing they could think of to do with the clowns, they did, and then some. And, I mean, with the Chiodo brothers, I guess, behind a sequel, I'd, I'd be curious to see what it was like. But without them, I wouldn't even touch it. Yeah, I wouldn't even touch it. But I, I don't know. It's just with how everything is sort of regurgitated at this point. Maybe like four or five years ago, I wouldn't have thought anything about it. But now I'm, I'm so fatigued by brand recognition being re, <laughs> digging up the graves of old uh, properties, if you will. But I don't know. Um, we did mention this last time, but there is a, a game on the way. They just recently gave an update, and the update was essentially that the game is going to be bigger than it was before, which uh, probably just means that it's 
that means there's going to be a delay and it won't come out this year. <laughs> but the, this game has a, a or this movie has a following that uh, things like the game are possible and talks of a sequel are reasonable to believe that at some point things will come. Well, and it's especially interesting if the Chiodo brothers, like I said, are involved. Uh, as far as what they did do in this movie, other than, you know, as far as special effects, uh, they did completely mold the Clownzilla yes. for the end of the film. Apparently, I guess it's kind of ambiguous, but I, I guess what appears to be the lead clown, or at least the biggest of this bunch, is just this towering King Kong-sized giant clown monster at the very end he kind of reminds me of a like a, a donkey kong king k rule yeah uh, but as a clown <laughs> and uh he looks pretty great he, he's uh i think one of the chiodo brothers was actually in the suit for the scenes where he was you know portrayed by a suit but no and it's funny too because uh so the clowns of course being aliens you can't shoot them you know you can't do a whole lot to them but if you shoot or pop their little red noses, they just disintegrate into a ball of light. It's oh, and confetti shoots out. And of confetti their nose. shoots out. Another thing I I forgot to mention about the Chiodos is they also did the effects on uh, a special movie near and dear to my heart called Ernest Scared Stupid. Yes. Okay. And Duke, do you want to tell him? I do actually. So. Both me and Bones grew up with uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. It was in the big James uh, Jim Varney uh, Ernest series. But what's funny there is the villains in that movie are trolls. And some of those trolls, though you might not notice it at first glance, are actually repurposed clown suits from this movie. Yeah, they're just the clowns but with a, a recolor. Which I think some people looking at that would be mad that they didn't preserve the clown suits, but the sad reality of suits and special effects like that is unless you've got museum quality storage, a lot of the stuff just decays naturally. And Well, and I mean, it's, you know, this is considered kind of a big deal now, but, you know, when you first make a movie, there's no guarantee that it's ever going to make any sort of a splash, so you don't hold on to everything, you know? Well, yeah, and... And if you guys have ever seen what became of the old, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle suits and stuff, uh, they look terrifying now. It would have been better to let some of them just be put out of their misery. Yeah. Another... I don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure I remember... Uh, watching an interview with David Cronenberg and the telepods from his movie The Fly, one of them just sat in his backyard because he, he didn't want to destroy it, but he didn't know what to do with it, so it just sat in his backyard and rusted. There, It's hard to keep these set pieces and these effects just sitting in a special protective storage for years and years, uh, sort of like Duke said. You don't know if these things are going to be historic when you make this stuff, and you can't bank on, oh, well, I'm going to want this clown suit 30 years from now. I mean, I guess if you go as, uh, you know, a clown for Halloween for the next, you know, five to ten years, you know, you might get your money's worth out of holding on to it, you know? Yeah. I would like to talk uh, about the actors a little bit. But I, I really I want to start with Officer Mooney and why he is the best character in this movie. Objectively speaking. So 
this is like a, a 50s invasion film, uh, but they they play it straight, but all of the actors don't seem to really, I don't know, for me it feels like they struggle to say these ridiculous lines in a straight way. Not Mooney. Not Mooney. Mooney handles everything just perfectly, and, and Mooney is played by a guy named John Vernon, John Vernon, you'll probably know him as the mayor from Dirty Harry. He is Captain Fletcher and the outlaw Josie Wales. But most importantly, he's the dean in Animal House. Yes. And he's kind of playing that kind of a character here. Yeah, he, he pretty much just plays like mean authority characters, but he's like a serious actor. This is another movie where most of the actors either were relegated to television or didn't have much of a, a film career. But John Vernon had a, a serious acting career and was in some pretty high-caliber stuff. Which is funny to see him giving it his all in Killer Clowns from Outer Space, a movie he most likely did not need to do. And in my favorite scene of the whole movie, there is John Vernon, Officer Mooney, he takes a clown in... Uh, or a clown shows up at the station, and of course, uh, Mooney locks him up. When Dave comes back to the station, he finds uh, Officer Mooney has been turned into a, a human puppet in what is one of the few actually creepy scenes in this movie. It's not a particularly scary movie, but I'd say there's, there's two scenes, uh, this and another, that are have like legit atmosphere right but having mooney be a a meat puppet telling dave to don't be scared we just want to kill you and he's got like rosy red cheeks uh made out of blood with uh the uh mouth puppet lines also made out of blood <laughs> yes well and it's funny like prior to that too because i mean like He's, you can just, he's just an absolute jerk, and he's, like, playing it to, like, turned up to 11, he, making fun of everybody, he doesn't believe anything, no matter how many calls he gets, and he just has, like, you can just hear the contempt dripping from his voice to whoever he's talking to. Uh, this time around, the scenes of him, like, getting phone calls and just ignoring them was really funny to me, because he's just, like, he, he couldn't care less. No, he's just sitting there puffing his cigar, reading his magazine, convinced that the town is just decided to turn against him to get rid of him. That's another thing. His his magazine, I, I also noticed this time, like, he's always reading it, gives a little laugh, turns a page, and, like, the page that the camera can see is like a gun. <laughs> <laughs> is he reading soldier of fortune i i don't know what he's reading <laughs> but whatever it is it's very amusing to him that being said as far as actors are concerned as I, I don't can't really think of anybody of note or like i said i think the other actors i think sometimes it almost works for the movie that some of them are not really accomplished actors uh, one, because they don't distract from too much, but two, because, like I said, as kind of a, almost a parody of 50s invasion movies by just straight up making a 50s invasion movie, except in the 80s with clowns, you know, I don't really think some of the cheesing acting's too bad. The only other actor who was notable to me in this movie was an actor named Royal Dano, 
and I didn't even know his name prior to I looking it up. But at the start of the movie, again, alluding to the 50s B-movie uh, invasion flick, they pretty much redo blo- the blob where you have a like an old farmer hobo type guy with his dog see a shooting star and go investigate. Now, instead of finding a blob, he finds a circus tent and his his dog Pooh Bear gets kidnapped with a oversized butterfly net with an oversized butterfly net but the actor for the farmer royal dano he is gramps in house two the second story Uh, a movie that will most definitely be covered and i i mean i guess i i didn't really notice i don't know he was sort of familiar but as soon as i saw the acting credit i was like oh that I now I I see it now, but he was a character actor and he also had some pretty I mean he was in Moby Dick with Gregory Peck he was uh, the character Elijah in that he was in the Dark Half and then he was in tons of Western television a lot of stuff like that but he he was a a major actor or at least a major character actor well and he's funny in the parts that he's in in this one towards the beginning yeah he's he's not in more than you know 2 to 3 minutes of the film but he is a good part of it he starts it off right he starts it off right i mentioned earlier that there was a a other creepy scene in this movie this is I'm... probably my favorite scene except for maybe the uh balloon dogs oh yeah i think we're thinking of the same scene. yeah why don't you uh go ahead okay so there's one scene where there's this little girl and her family and they're at the big top burger uh and she's sitting there and her parents aren't paying any attention to her and outside of the um uh, restaurant is a clown and uh he's slowly just like motioning for her to come but the way he's like just very slowly like wiggling his finger and the way that as she's starting to come towards him the music cuts out so there's just kind of a droning and then of course you can see in both comical and sinister fashion that he's holding an oversized mallet behind him but between like his expressions and the movie cutting out and the way the girl's just kind of like drifting towards him it's very creepy and then like a little choir like single voice choir music comes up underneath and it it is like it has atmosphere which i think between that scene and then officer mooney being turned into a puppet they almost i mean they're they're good scenes and they stand out because of that but they they stand in a sort of contrast compared to the rest of the movie where everything is just silly while it's like, oh, this this movie has some creepiness in it. Now, once again, if you're scared of clowns, there are no silly parts to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the the fact that he's holding a mallet. <laughs> <laughs> if only the mallet was just like a little bit bigger. Well, you know, it's kind of it's fun because like a lot of movies that go for the killer clown thing, they like they do clown makeup. 
but like they never really play into the fact that it's a clown. It's just like, oh, look at he's wearing white pancake makeup. Isn't that scary? Oh, and he's doing cl- things clowns wouldn't do, like murder people. <laughs> but no, for this one, like they really dig into the clown theming, and I know we've talked about that a lot. But I mean, there are so many good gags in here. They they melt a guy by like throwing pies at him, right? There's this one guy who's like. M- He's flying down the road, but he's only really, like, miming being in a car, and he's got little headlights on his shoes, and he, like, runs a guy off of the road. There's one guy where one, like, uses an extended boxing glove to literally punch a guy's head clean off. Like, it's it's great. The, the guy getting ran off the road scene is one I like, and I, I think the how the effect is done is kind of funny. The... You got a guy driving down the road and there's a clown comes up from behind and is right next to him. And he's got headlights on his shoes and he's in like a reclined driving position, just miming driving a car and then rams this guy off the road with it. But there there's scenes where it's not animated and you've got like it, it's like actually there and they've what they have is like this rig attached to the car that's all black and the scene shot at night. And so there's a guy in a clown outfit sitting in this when you're filming from, you know, a distance with the headlights pointed at the camera and it's dark outside. It really looks like you've got a clown driving in midair. Well, and I'm about to say, this is the first I've heard of this. And the thing is, I couldn't see any of that. Like, it was very creatively done because the scene really works. And I have to say it's probably a scene that the movie benefits from being made in the 80s because it would have been too easy to try to CGI something there that wouldn't have looked quite as good because the scene looks great. Yeah, and there is a little stop motion um, used in that scene as well, but it's not overused. This movie was going to have a little bit more stop motion, but a lot of the budget didn't actually go to the special effects. They, they they did a lot of the special effects pretty cheaply, which is surprising with how good they look. Oh, it probably benefits, too, a movie being made by special effects artists. But the the production costs of the film really ate up a lot of the, the budget, so the clownzilla at the end was supposed to be stop motion, and instead they had to do it with a guy in a suit, which I, I think I prefer the guy in the suit to be honest i like stop motion but i don't know i like suitmation too i I gotta say yeah no i think the suit ended up being the right call uh especially since you know stop motion can look really good but if you don't put it in the right parts it can also really like take you out of it or pause it Mm -hmm. but uh no i i I think some I think a lot of the times the effects they ended up going with this one probably out of cost ended up being the better choices and there, there is when that guy gets ran off the road. Uh, it is pretty unremarkable. Like the car just sort of falls down the side, like slowly rolls down the side of a hill. Uh, it's a little more than that, but I believe what happened in that scene was they had this cable attached to the car, and it was supposed to like really pull it off. And I think the cable snapped, and midway and the car just sort of went down the hill all sad like well unfortunately for them most of the cars in this movie were rented and some of them really did end up getting destroyed yeah 
that's where some of the budget went. You're right. Well, it's funny, too, because it's not always the ones you would think. For instance, there's a Jeep. Uh, because this is a, you know, a 50s invasion movie, there's obviously some sort of make-out point. And at one point, they come to investigate it, and all of the uh, teenagers and college kids are gone. And there's, like, this cotton candy in the interior. Well, apparently, that stuff, like, melted or something into the Jeep's interior, and it cost them <laughs> thousands of dollars to repair it. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> you know what, though? I don't know how this movie, like, initially did out of the gate, but by now, they've more than made back whatever they spent. Just even in just, like, merch sales, like, t-shirts and figures. I think the budget was around $1.8 million, and I think box office-wise... It made around $43 million. Well, heck, even without counting in all the money it's made since then, that's not too bad. No, it, ma it made its money at the time. And uh, I know when the movie was made, the studio, the people behind it weren't super confident in it. This was, I mean, this is a low-budget film, or at least maybe not. $1.8 is a lot more than I have right now, but... It's not a big budget uh, movie we have a lot of confidence in. It's a, this will do well on the home video department. Let's pump it out. So there wasn't a ton of confidence around it, but, I mean, it, it found its audience. Right, well, and I mean, I don't think the critics, too, when it first came out, were sure what to make of it. But, I mean, there's been a lot of reevaluating it. Just, I don't know, it's just the spec. This is a movie that's not trying to tell you anything. It's uh, not trying to be more than it is. This is a movie about killer clowns from outer space. And if you come with the, you know, mindset of you want to see some killer clowns do some pretty insane things, there's no movie quite like it. It kind of reminds me of maybe why somebody would go see Friday the 13th part a million. Or yeah. Whatever. You want to, you know, people go to see, oh, what creative ways is Jason going to kill somebody? Uh, this is what creative clown antics are you going to see this is one of those movies that you just have to see so you can tell your friends that you've seen killer clowns from outer space well you see that's that's how the cult movie works is you you get initiated and then you have to initiate your friends that's then, right then your friends have to initiate so many others and if you can work a multi-level marketing angle into this you can make <laughs> a lot of money one of us but yeah critics with the critics, it's not quite like how it was with House of Wax. Uh, we talked about where that movie was the critics weren't a big fan at the start, but now everyone looks back at it and loves it. Uh, Killer Clowns is a movie where I think the critics, there's there's definitely uh, a lot more critics who are going to praise it, especially ones on the horror side who you know, write for like Bloody Disgusting or something where they... This is their bread and butter, so they're going to review it well. Well, I think Leonard Moulton <laughs> reviewed this twice. Yeah, and that was funny because the first time he gave it like one or one and a half stars or something. And then after reevaluating years later, he gave it like two and a half <laughs> stars. Yeah, this is not a Leonard Moulton movie, but it's it's got its its cult appeal to it. Well, and one thing we haven't talked about that I liked that was also pretty minimalist is I actually liked the soundtrack for this one. Yes, the soundtrack was, I want to say, Dave Maserai. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I looked at his 
credits and I, I didn't see a whole lot. Um, but there was also a lot there. Um, and some of it was less him writing music and him just like a part of. So there was so much to comb through. I'm sure I probably missed something. But it's, yeah, it's a lot of sinister synth that just kicks in at the right times. Or like the, it, it uses that clown music or at least clown themed music. But now it's, it's almost like evil alien marching music. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you're watching a alien invasion movie and the aliens were an allegory for Nazis. That kind of music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, know, I had to bring Nazis into it. That yeah. very specific genre of music. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, clown Nazi core. Well, there's, there's a part in the movie. <laughs> there's a part in the movie where the, uh, the clowns have this giant <laughs> vacuum and they're sucking up the cocoon bodies that are sh- strewn about the street. And... You've got this clown marching music as they all, like, march down the street <laughs> looking for stragglers. Some guy is hiding underneath a car and then tries to make a break for it before he's gunned down into cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> that That's another scene I particularly enjoyed. But, again, that scene has music that really stands out and is not—it's never annoying. It's 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 good. I like it. Well, and in addition to the soundtrack, uh, this movie has a killer theme song. Uh, it was done by the punk rock band The Dickies. Uh, but the Killer Clowns from Outer Space like theme, you should look that up and listen to that right now. Like, Regardless I, of watching the film, you should just add that to your playlist. Yeah, no, it's on mine. And it was funny, too, because I, th- I think The Dickies, they had to make it before they ever even just saw the film. But it really works. I don't think it was necessary for them to know. Yeah, if you if you uh, if you know the title, you know what this is all about. Yeah, though. In fact, the worst possible outcome of them watching the movie first is you get the play-by-play of the movie, but in song form. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny too because they originally wanted to call this movie just Killer Clowns. The reason they tacked on the from outer space is they were afraid that people would think this is just another slasher. Yeah. Well, I believe. Uh, around the time that this movie was being made, the movie Funhouse was being made. Uh, if I remember correctly, Funhouse was created by the Jeepers Creepers guy. And I think there was minor controversy over, oh, two people doing killer clown movies at the same time. If you can only see one, see this one. Well, yeah, the... the uh, <laughs> There's some controversy around Funhouse that, uh... <laughs> well, one, just the Jeepers Creepers guy in general. Yeah, but, uh, the only other thing I really wanted to talk about, and that this is more clown antics, because, again, there's just so much to talk about with the clowns, but one effect that I was especially fond of is the clown head puppets. The popcorn gun at the start of the movie it's like it does nothing other than cover them in popcorn. You don't. It's not revealed until later that the popcorn is like seeds for little like clown snakes. Well, the, you, they're like grotesque little like I don't want to say baby clown heads, but they're they're small monster with like little piranha mouths. Like they're, they're like these sharp teeth 
little uh, clown doohickeys. Yeah, heads on these long, like, neck, like, snake things they're like stalks maybe uh you know yeah i don't know it's they're they're creepy looking i would not want to really grotesque i would not want to be in the same room with them it's funny they almost look like they'd be at like home in like beetlejuice or like a tim burton movie yes i I don't know if you got that vibe no they they really it does feel like it belongs straight out of beetlejuice there i don't know why it stuck with me but just this very simple effect of uh Debbie gets in the shower and the popcorn is on the floor um, slash in the hamper and the camera uh, tilts down and shows this little piece of popcorn crawling across the floor. And it looks really good. It's such a like small, silly thing, but just the little small things like that throughout the movie really make it. This is not a movie that was made by people who didn't care. They obviously, like, were, this was their baby and they loved every minute of it. Yes. So the attention to detail in this movie is really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, Duke, I don't I don't think I have much else to say about this movie. It's it's pretty cut and dry as, as far as movies go and what there is to say about it. Right. I mean, we could go through every clown gag, but we've already talked about so much of them. Plus, you know, for people who haven't seen this film, I want to leave a few for them to discover. Yeah. Well, we've probably covered uh, everything that's notable and ruined the film for them. <laughs> I know. I, I watch this film every year, and I still enjoy it. I Even if you know about it, even if you've heard us talk about it, you should just go out and watch this one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, That's a a recommend from Duke. That's a big recommend. Uh, And I I would also recommend, again, like I said earlier, the acting. The acting at the beginning of the movie is pretty noticeably bad, but that's because there aren't clowns to break up the human drama. Well, and that's true, but if you also watch a movie called Killer Clowns from Outer Space and you expect Gone with the Wind, that's on you. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I won't say that the acting is antagonizing. It's just a little... It's not it, Goblin 2. It's not a... No, sorry. It's not Troll 2. It's... it's Yeah, it's, it's not... It's not funny like Troll 2, but it's not as... It's not painful bad. It's just... You really want to get to that clown stuff real quick. And like I said, they don't make you wait long. Yeah, they don't make you wait long. But that's a, that's a recommend from the both of us. And, well, Duke, I, I guess the only place to go from here now is what are we watching next week? Well, we're going to watch a very fine foreign film. Oh. Inframan. Ah, the Shaw Brothers classic that. I'm sure everyone is very aware of. Uh, I'm not going to lie, guys. Uh, I had never heard of this movie until I saw it on Brandon's Cult Movie Reviews, which uh, if you're not watching their channel, that's a, it's a really good one. Brandon Tennold. I watched that review and I'm like, this looks amazing. So full disclosure, I've not seen the movie yet. Uh, I recently received it and uh, I'm really looking forward to digging into it and getting back next week to tell you what I think. Yes, I I have no clue... I, I know nothing about this movie, so I'm going in 200% blind, so I am also very excited to see this. But uh, thank you for listening, wherever you're listening. We are on Odyssey and CastBox and, of course, YouTube. 
and uh, watch this space because the number of places we are is just going to grow. Uh, hopefully, uh, much to my my workload. But yeah, thank you for listening. Please hit like and subscribe if you aren't subscribed. That I think helps. The, probably. Uh, it probably helps. <laughs> and uh, leave us a comment. Um, you know, do you disagree with us? Have you seen this movie? What do you think of it? And uh, I know we had some user requests and we'll be getting to those soon if uh, anybody else has any movies that they would like to see us cover at some time we might not get to them right away but they are going on to a list we do see those and take those into account and we decide each week what to watch yeah exactly so thank you and remember to keep it cold <laughs> is that the new slogan i like it uh well We'll test run it. You and the audience, tell us what do you think of that. Yeah, can we get? Can we uh, have you guys like just focus group test? Uh, you know. But uh, while you're not keeping it cold, uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>